0: The scene and Greetings, this is Marcus Staples, your servant Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. On this show, we're going to be unpacking Evangel's track, Heard by the Herdsman, from his album Eyewitness Encounters, put out by Christcentric Records. Now, before we start, I want to talk about this album just a little bit. Evangel does a really good job of giving us the perspective of some of the people that encounter Jesus. He does it in a very fun, fantastical way. But it definitely gives you some perspective on how the people who interacted with Jesus might have felt or thought during their encounters. And that's what the entire album is. And in the songs, he doesn't really tell you the meaning behind it or the, you know, the theological significance, but just rather the story from, from a pure narrative standpoint. And it's very educational. And it's definitely something we're going to be visiting again in the future. But this track is telling the story of how Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. And it comes from the perspective of the herdsmen who would have been watching that herd of pigs that ended up plunging over a cliff into the sea. We're going to be reading Luke's account, though you can also find accounts of this in Matthew and Mark. And it should be noted that Matthew's account speaks of two men that were possessed by demons. Mark and Luke, however, focus on the man who's doing the talking, and that's why they only speak of one man being demon-possessed. But we're going to read it. It's going to come out of Luke. Chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. It's a long one, so hold on. And it reads, Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and said with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered into him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herds rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then the people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Garrisones asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. He got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged that he might be with them, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming through the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. So we're going to exegete this real quick. It's not going to be a super exhaustive study. But we're just going to cover a few things that occurred in this text. So the first thing is, we're not exactly sure where this location of the Gerasenes is. We understand that it's a region that is located to the east of the Sea of Galilee, and that there were towns among this, and there were also caves that they used as tombs located in this area. There are several that we know of today. And this is the region in which this happened. Also, recognize that when Jesus landed, the man needed no introduction from Jesus he would recognize him instantly. This would be the demonic spirit that was possessing the man would recognize Jesus right off the bat. This is not the first time this has happened to Jesus during his earthly ministry. The demons also referred to him as Son of the Most High God. This designation was also used by the angel to Mary when he told her that she was pregnant with the Messiah. Luke 1, 31 and 32 says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Another thing, when the demon says, don't torment me, and he refers to the abyss, what is he referring to? Well, we can look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sin, but cast them into hell, committed them to the chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the day of judgment. This abyss that he's talking about is there. The demons will be judged and they will be tormented. And so Jesus casting the demons out of the man and into the abyss would be him sending them to this place that they're going to be kept in chains until the Day of Judgment. Of course, they didn't want to go there. They wanted to go somewhere else. Now, when Jesus asked the man his name, and he says, My name is Legion, for there are many. A legion was a fighting force of Romans, about 6,000 men. Not that there were actually 6,000 demons in this man, but there were many. And that's how they identified themselves with a group of many soldiers. So, a legion. A large herd of pigs being in this area is a giveaway that this area wasn't a heavily populated Jewish area, or at least it had a large presence of Gentiles, because pigs were unclean to the Jews, and there's no way they would have been hurting them. They have no reason to herd them if they can't use them as food. That's really all the pigs would have been good for. Another thing, in those days, when someone is referred to as sitting at the feet of somebody, it means they're sitting under them like a learner or a disciple of that person. So when the people came and they saw the man sitting at the feet of Jesus, he was not only sitting in his right mind, but he was learning from Jesus, and he was in the posture of a student to a teacher. Now their reaction to what they saw, the fear that they had, could have been them being upset about losing the pigs and being afraid of Jesus being a threat to them monetarily, but it's more likely that they were afraid of the power that Jesus wielded. you got to remember that they had witnessed this man breaking chains, and that he would run around and he would cut himself. And now he's sitting there in his right mind. On top of that, the herdsmen would have reported to them what had happened with the pigs. So not only did they see this man's great strength, but Jesus comes, this man falls before him, then these pigs run off the cliff, and next thing you know he's in his right mind. What strange power is at work here? They realize they're in the presence of something miraculous, but instead of embracing it like the man does, they're afraid of it. So when Jesus leaves... He tasks the man with spreading the good news. Though the man wanted to go with him, Jesus had other plans for him. And how did Jesus respond to him? And this is what I would consider the punchline of this text. The important part is that Jesus told the man to go tell the people what God had done for him. Jesus had done this work. He didn't at any point in our text or in the text in Matthew or Mark actually invoke the name of God. He didn't say, in the name of God I command you to go into these pigs. No, rather he permitted them to go when they asked to go into the pit. Jesus just let them go. And so by attributing the work to God, even though clearly the work was his, he is claiming in that right to be God. So when people say Jesus never claimed to be God, here's one of many examples of him actually doing so. The man went away from that moment believing and telling the people what Jesus had done for him. So the wording in the text is indicative of Jesus and God being mentioned as of one and the same. So that's all we got for this text. Like I said, we're not going to do an exhaustive study, but this was a nice little study of this text. Before I go, I do want to mention that I did find a pretty cool typography on YouTube. If you're not sure what a typography is, it's where people take songs or scenes from movies or shows, and they use text to depict those scenes. And there's one that's really well done, and I put a link to it in the podcast feed. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, that this is a really cool album, and I really encourage you to go out and pick it up. If you want to buy it, you can find a link on our website or in the podcast description. Our website is unpackingtheology.wordpress.com. And as always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please leave us a note in the comment section, or use the link to find us on Google Plus or Facebook. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you and God bless. What just occurred? Did something just jump in the herd? Absurd. Let me head into town, start spreading around just what I observed.